Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And now, coming to you live from atop the Goldenrod City Radio Tower, it's the one, the only, Puckle TCG Cast! Hello, 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 and welcome to the 96th episode of the Puckle TCG Cast with your host, Basket. While we're waiting for the official Brilliant Stars set list for the U.S., we decided to just have a chill, fun episode where we talk about our favorite decks of all time. Yes, I'm going to mention Vespaquin, but I'll try to keep it brief. <laughs> and, of course, I have a wonderful co-host with me today, all the way from Alola's Battle Royale uh, Stadium. It's Seth Vilo. Hello, it is me. It is I, the the one from the from the battle cast. Yes, me. Hi. I won't be talking about Vespaquin. I'll leave that to you. <laughs> All right. So we're just going to be like hemming and hawing and gushing all over these decks. So we're basically yeah. just going to jump right into the main topic. Yeah, a good December episode. Grab your ice cold Corsola Cola and pull up a chair. It's time for Tropical Beach. All right, Seth, how about you start us off? I would love to, even though the first one on my list is going to be astoundingly boring. (laughs) My current favorite deck to play, I know this is all time, but I might as well start with the one that I did in the tournament a couple of weeks ago that I went to. Oh, yeah. That is good old Mew VMAX that came out in the Fusion Strike set. And oh my gosh, I've never had more fun playing a deck than than Mew. (laughs) I just feel like I can do everything I need to, everything I want to. For those who don't know, Mew's whole gimmick is that it has Cross Fusion Strike. That's the name of its first attack. For two colorless energy, it says you can use any attack of any of your Fusion Strike Pokemons in play on, on your bench. And you can use that attack as this attack. So, for example, the primary attack you're copying is either... Genesect V's Technoblast, which does 210 and you can't attack next turn. Astoundingly efficient for 210 damage, having two energy cost. The other most common attack is Melodious Echo from a Meloetta that you include in the deck. It does 70 times the amount of fusion strike energy you have in play. Other than that, it's almost a turbo list because you play a billion items and like five supporters, six supporters, something like that. They're all just Boss's Orders or Ellis's Sparkle. And the rest are all items. <laughs> you only play six energy, too. Like, it's crazy how quickly you can cycle through your entire deck. It's I love it. It's so much fun. It's cool It's cool that uh, that you actually took that to, uh, um, uh, to a competitive match because, one, I'm super jealous because I haven't been able to do any of those. <laughs> but also, uh, we talked about those cards, I think, last month or... Mm-hmm. Maybe it was a month. Yeah, I think it was last month. And so it's cool to see like that being taken, uh, like that deck being used and seeing like what cards are 
added or anything? Do you, was there anything that was kind of like a, not necessarily a shock to you, but something that you did different with the deck or that you were surprised to find out was in that deck or deck lists that people were making with it? Yeah, yeah. Um, the early deck lists before Fusion Strike, it, you know, when it was kind of in the pre-release or the first couple weeks of it coming out, most of them ran a peony supporter engine, which if you don't remember it, the effect is you discard your entire hand and search your deck for two trainer cards. So a lot of, a lot of the Mew decks would do that both to get rid of the stuff in their hands so they could draw more with Genesect, whose ability says draw cards for each fusion strike Pokemon you have in play. So if you've got six fusion strike Pokemon out, you draw up to six cards, which is incredibly powerful and you can do it multiple times a turn with multiple Genesect. So it re- went really well with the Peony engine, but Ironically, Peony itself, because you played so many, clogged up your hand so often that it would often keep you from really cycling on all cylinders. So eventually people started, and me included, started just cutting the Peony entirely for just straight boss and Ellis's sparkle. It was wild. Latias is also just almost completely dropped out of people's deck lists. That Dyna Barrier is, was good early, but as, one guy who I played in the tournament with said, and I think he's pretty accurate about this, the Latias Dyna Barrier is kind of a trap where you think it's really good, but every deck has some way around it. If it's just switching around, bosses upping another Mew or something like that, or just things that go or alternate attackers that aren't VMAXs. So pretty much everything had a way around it. So it's not really worth the slot. Oh, wow. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised. I, in the tournament, I had Latias, and it could have saved me in one matchup, but that was it. Just the one matchup. It could have saved you in one, and it didn't? Yeah, I had it prized, unfortunately. That sucks! <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, dude, that's a bummer. Yeah. Oh, well. But Oricorio's fun, too. That's one that I've thrown in, because I th- I still believe in Oricorio. So, oh, well. It was, it was a lot of fun, though. I loved that tournament. I came in the top eight. I think... Uh, I ended up going against a dark deck in the end game, though, in the first round of top eight. So I was immediately kicked out because Mew can't... If it doesn't find the right pieces early, you're just stuck. So it was a lot of fun, though. And Mew, undisputed right now, is the best deck in format. So, of course, it's going to be my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh I guess I'll go next. We will start out with... We'll start out with Night March. Sounds good. A lot of people hated this deck, but a lot of people loved it. It was very, it was a very divisive deck. I loved it because it was my introduction to the TCG kit, to the TCG. And it was incredibly cheap, very easy to play. So the mechanics itself were like it, but it also, it also introduced you to a lot of different ways to play the game as well. Like it wasn't just a standard deck because you were going through like a lot of your, um, you were discarding a lot of things and right. it just introduced you into a lot of mechanics that other decks wouldn't. Yeah. Kind of almost counterintuitive where it's like, you're discarding attackers. So it's just a, in your head. It's like, this doesn't make sense until you finally get night March clicking. Right. Yeah. It's a, um, just a really, really fun deck to play. Really fun. And I don't think that if, if night March wasn't, in the meta and doing really well, I don't think I would have gotten into uh, the Pokemon TCG nearly as much because there was enough of a of a learning curve that I feel like if I would have had to have start started paying a bunch of money 
yeah. for cards and to build a deck at the same time, then I would have, I just would have been like, nope, not going to do it. <laughs> and then you wouldn't have me here. <laughs> exactly. And what fun would that be? Yeah. So Night March created Basket. <laughs> March created basket. Oh, that's good. The other thing I kind of like about Night March, and you know the the one you've already spoiled that you're going to talk about eventually in this in this show, and quite frankly, a couple of mine. A lot of these decks have their own kind of mini game to them, almost as a, instead of just slapping the other Pokemon on your opponent's side. The Night March's mini game was get as many Pokemon into the discard pile as you can. Yeah. Mew VMAX's minigame is how many of my Pokemon can I get out on turn one? That's that's that one's minigame. Um, a lot of them have their own little kind of other... Like, the whole V-Union concept is a minigame in and of itself, so I'm really hoping that <laughs> one of those takes off when Ultra Ball <laughs> comes back. But I digress. I'm distracting. I guess it's my turn now, right? Yes, sir. All right. I'm not going to go quite far as far back in time as Basket just did, because Night March came out in, like... 2014 2015 something like Mm -hmm. that uh mine is just from a couple of years ago my second one on my list and that is dark box from the sun and moon era i forget which uh which set and which year it came out i want to say unified minds but i don't think that's right weavile gx though is what enabled this deck to exist which for those who don't know its ability let you move dark energies anywhere as often as you like during your turn so you were very fluid in where you put all of your dark energies. This was further facilitated by things like the couple of tag teams, couple of specific tag team GXs. Umbreon Darkrai was really good in that deck. It was kind of the primary attacker in a sense, because it had the tag team GX attack that just instantly KOs something. And if you had, no, no other way around, uh, if you, it did something and you couldn't play trainer cards from your hand next turn. But if you had six dark energies attached to it, it also instantly KO'd whatever was in front of it. <laughs> so that was really good. There was the Mega Sableye and Tyranitar tag team GX that did just a bunch of damage and let you take extra prizes and its tag team GX attack, which actually won me a game when I took Dark Box to Knoxville Regionals a couple nice. of years ago. Just discards the top 15 cards of your opponent's deck. I was playing against a control deck that only had three cards to his deck. <laughs> Man, that was such a satisfying game, because when you're playing Control, you have a billion actions to do on your turn, and you have to do every single one of them correctly, Mm -hmm. and I was watching this guy just get more and more mentally exhausted, having to do his turn perfectly, time after time after time, and my turn consisted of draw card, pass. (laughs) 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 He finally gave me the one card I needed to win the game. I dropped the dark energy and discarded his deck. And I said, you want to go to round two? This was 45 minutes into the hour. And he was like, no, you got it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was game one, too. Gosh. Uh, Other cards that enabled it, though, when it was legal to run alongside it, the Naganadel from Lost Thunder was really good with it. That just pulled a basic energy from your discard to to Naganadel. I think it's pronounced Naganadel. I need to look it up. I need to look up that trans uh, Sarah, uh, b- 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 pronunciation guide on Serebii. Like, I like Naganadel better. Naganadel sounds like. Pre-natal. I think it's that one because it's German. It's like German based, and Nadel I think is the German word for needle. Ah. Uh. So I I think it's like Naga, which is like some kind of 
mythological creature plus German word for needle. Yeah, it's like Could a, be wrong, like a snake thing. And the yeah, needle. that's 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 kind of cool. All right, I might I might like that a little bit better now. <laughs> <laughs> but there was also the non GX Guzzlord that came out that lets you take extra prizes as well, kind of like a miniature Sable Tar. So, ah, oh, Dark Box was just so fluid in what what it could do. If I if that card existed now, where we have Galarian Moltres V, which acts as a Naganadal you don't have to evolve, and is a good attacker on its own. Plus Eternatus, plus Weavile. Oh, that would be bananas. It would be so much. I mean, Weavile was running Eternatus when it was still legal alongside it for those couple of that couple of months. I don't, I don't know how long it was, but oh well, could be fun and expanded. I think it probably is run a little bit and expanded like that. But yeah, it's fun. Dark Box was cool. It was one of my favorites. I'm sad that that little thing happened in 2020 that kept me from playing it in live events. But here we are. You're up, my friend. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just real quick, it was funny when I was looking over the show notes, uh, I saw the dark box thing and I was like, oh yeah, I know that deck. And then I just kept going through, but then I, but then it was like, I started looking, reading the, the Pokemon when you started talking about it and I was like, wait, what is this? <laughs> I was, I was thinking it was the, um, uh, the dark box, uh, with, uh, the old, uh, dark ride, the one that was oh. just like, mm-hmm. like you just shove all the, the energies wherever you want on Darkrai, and then he just goes to town. It was crazy. Yeah. Darkrai Giratina. That's what I was thinking of. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Honestly, that's still probably a good combination in like expanded because both of those Darkrai are good. There's the one that does damage based on how many energies are on the field. And then there's mm-hmm. the one that resurrects itself from the discard pile. Yeah. With an energy attachment. So then you can move <laughs> that around with the Weavile. I mean, Dark is just really oddly synergistic with itself and i love it yeah all right so next i'm gonna do uh vespaquin so vespaquin is probably my favorite deck of all time i'm sure anybody that's (laughs) listened to a single episode of the tcg cast is fully aware of that and are probably rolling their eyes right now (laughs) so vespaquin for me was great because when i uh i got into vespaquin like right after night march after I played a bit of Night March and I, I learned how to play the TCG, I wanted to experiment and kind of branch out. I also didn't want to play Night March anymore because Night March was, it was like a win button, kind of. Yeah, that makes sense. And so I decided to go with a slightly smaller win button <laughs> <laughs> with uh, Vespaquin. And I liked Vespaquin because that was the deck that I played for the longest and that has that survived for a lot of years because I was playing yeah. it in um, expanded after it was out, and it was just a fantastic, fantastic deck. So basically, just in case any of you do not know, <laughs> Vespaquin <laughs> basically plays like Night March, where it deals damage based on uh, how many Pokemon are in your discard pile. The main difference is that like. It's not quite as quick to get out because obviously it's a, it's a stage one. So you have to evolve it. But there were things like forest of giant plants that would just make it so that if you had a combi out there and a Vespaquin in your hand on turn one, you could just slam down that Vespaquin. RIP forest of giant plants. But the, the reason that I loved this deck so much was once I started introducing Flareon. Ooh, yeah. So essentially Flareon 
came out before Vespaquin, and people were really excited for Vespaquin because of all the decks that they had made previously with Flareon, which essentially was able to do the same uh, exact thing. It was just fire instead of grass. What does it do again? Well, it, it, it does the same thing as Vespaquin. So it's um, uh, 20 times the amount of um, Pokemon in your discard pile is the damage oh, really? that you would do. Yeah. The Flareon does that? I thought that was the one that changed Vespicone's type to being part fire. No, 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 no. So so oh. there's so the, the plasma fusion Flareon had that had the the same attack as Vespiquin. Oh. However, and the Flareon the Flareon that you're talking about, I'm getting to. So Okay. So basically, uh there was also on top of that, there was a Flareon, a Vaporeon, and a Jolteon that all had this ability where if they were on your bench, then all stage one Pokemon in play would attack with their type. So before I started uh, messing around with uh, the Plasma Fusion or Plasma Force, I don't know, it's Plasma something. Plasma Freeze. Yes, yes, yes. Plasma Freeze Flareon. Before I started messing with that, I had a different Flareon in order to be able to turn Vespaquin's attacks into fire type and then the jolteon for electric and the vaporeon for water i loved this because it made it so that i could hit a lot of the meta for super effective damage and i also liked the mechanic of needing to try and find what i needed at the time in order to do that and instead of night march where it was like well i mean this is happening (laughs) (laughs) you know night march was like well uh, i have a jolteon out here um and i have a double colorless energy and uh, your guy's dead now. You're gone. And then eventually, when I was able to move Flareon uh, into the deck, because uh, it was a it was a relatively expensive card at the time, <laughs> so it took me a little while uh, yeah, to it get was, it. Wasn't it? But then I was able to take out the Flareon uh, that had the the type ability and put in two Plasma Freeze Flareons in order to to increase the amount of attackers that I had in my deck. Mm-hmm. From four to six. And I could also take out the other, the other Flareon. So it was, it, it wasn't that much harder to get rid of, uh, or to, to do the, the new 60 card deck. Right. And there were a lot of things that, that helped out as well. There was a Klefki that was, you could use, you could use it from your hand and put it on a Pokemon for, uh, as like an item. That's right. I forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah. So you would put it down as an item, and then that item uh, would be discarded after one turn. So yeah. now you've got another Pokemon in your discard pile. I forget exactly what the ability was. It was something like uh, taking no damage from... Like a Mega Pokemon, I think. I think yeah, it was like Mega Walk or something like yeah. that. So it was basically like a one-turn protection from a Mega Pokemon. Right, but you mainly did it just to drop the Klefki down and have it discard the next turn. Exactly, yeah. And then you also had... Um, unknown was a huge one in that deck, right? Yeah, the Unknown, which basically at at will, you could discard the Unknown as long as it was on your bench and draw a card. That was so cool. Increasing the damage plus card draw, which was great. And uh, yeah, I could talk for this deck for a really <laughs> long time, but I'm going to stop there. Uh, before I get Sounds too crazy. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I'm going to take a trip down memory lane myself with my next one. Um, you've talked about kind of what got you into the TCG. So I'm going to talk about the one that got me into it 
most recently that like I haven't stopped since then. And that is Mega Scizor EX. I wanted to find a deck that used one of my favorite Pokemon and Scizor is in the top of my favorite Pokemon. This is pre-bullet punch, y'all. I use Scizor <laughs> when its best metal move was Iron Head. Get off my case. <laughs> but I wanted to use a Scizor deck because I, wa- I just wanted to get in TCG and that was the best way to do it. And it played into what the video game listeners would know as my style, which is just annoy the opponent until they either throw the table at me or are unable to take action. <laughs> and Scizor was great at that because you would combine it with things like Garbodor with Garbatoxin, which blocked all abilities in play if it had a tool attached. You would do Crushing Hammer to get rid of energies. You would do Parallel City, which reduced, if you played it the correct way, reduced your opponent's potential bench size to three. A lot of other energy disruption, things like Team Flare Grunt, which just discarded an energy. And Scizor itself, whose attack says you, it does 120, first of all, so that's not nothing. And it says you may discard a special energy attached to your opponent's active Pokemon or a stadium card in play. So if they try to be annoying back at you, you could just pop their stadium if they don't have any special energy. Or, with the combination of Crushing Hammer getting rid of regular energy and Iron Crusher the attack getting rid of special energy, they just didn't get to play. And it was fantastic. I loved the deck. It really got me into it. I had it built. That was the first deck I'd really built in several years. And uh, since then, I've just been going crazy in tcg and now here i am playing new vmax which is very much the opposite which will just blow through you instead of be annoying for a bit so that's one of my favorites from long ago it was not particularly good long ago but it was fun enough that it was it, it was good enough that it was fun to play yeah yeah i uh um i had the same deck really yeah yeah i did it was it was a really because i like sizer as well so I was really stoked when this deck, when this deck came out, and uh, I didn't really have uh, very much success with the deck, but it was an awful lot of fun to play, and it was fun because it was like you were you were able to do the whole Garbotoxin thing, and because you were basically having to two hit KO uh, almost everything in the meta at that point, mm-hmm. the discarding the energies and Garbotoxin and all that was like a integral part of being able to continue with this deck and it was a it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun mm-hmm. i just got to feel super cool playing a, a mega sizer deck and i was like all right this is great <laughs> it was weak to fire though which really sucked at that time time yeah that was yeah steam siege came out really soon after this one which i think was breakpoint for mega scissor and steam siege introduced Volcanian EX, which just made fire decks all over the freaking place. So, <laughs> Ugh. that and your Vespaquen, blech. <laughs> yes. Okay, so this next one was, I think it was created before 2013, but when I went back to look at the the deck list, the earliest thing I could see was something that was posted at, like, in 2013. So, but I think mm-hmm. it was before that, like, 11 or 12. Anyways, so this is the Gothgore deck. So basically, it's opponent disruption at its most frustrating for the time. Oh boy. <clears throat> so basically, with the move de- uh, deck and cover, which just costs a double colorless, you would do 50 damage, 
and then paralyze and poison your opponent, and then you would shuffle a Selgor, the Pokemon with the uh, deck and cover attack, and oh. all its attached cards back into your deck. Oh, I hate this. So I loved it because it was like a uh, continual volt switch in the um, uh, when you're playing like a standard six v six match. Like it was, uh-huh. it was. I I just loved how much it mirrored the actual in game mechanics. Right? Yeah. I loved uh-huh. that aspect of it. So basically, after <clears throat> you do your uh, little fifty damage attack, paralyze and poison. Throw Excelgore back in, then you replace Excelgore in the active with um, Gothitelle and the Magic Room ability, which locks your opponent out of using items, as oh, long as Gothitelle is in the active spot. Oh, I hate it! <laughs> and so, that is... Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, back then, the TCG didn't have uh, so much of an HP creep, uh, but it would still uh, have been an uphill battle without... Uh, an uphill battle to try and take them out 50 damage at a time. But you had Dusknoir uh, with his Sinister Hand ability, which allowed you to move as many damage counters as you wanted from any of their benched Pokemon to another. Oh, why does this keep getting worse? <laughs> so this meant you never had to actually knock out the active Pokemon. You just had to add up the 50-plus damage attacks from Excelgore until you started taking knockouts wherever and whenever you wanted to. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> uh... <laughs> This deck uh, would become even more terrifying after the release of Floatstone and Plasma Freeze, which then allowed for basically a perfect lock to become more achievable. Because before, obviously, with Gothitelle, you did not have uh, a way to free retreat. Oh, yeah. You couldn't get back into your Excelgore. You could do Switch or, you know, whatever the equivalent of Switch was at the time in the TCG. But... Yeah, you, it wasn't just like a free retreat whenever you wanted to with Floatstone. So once that came out, people were terrified. The best, it, it wasn't without its its own issues, though, because you had to get everything to work correctly in the right order and everything like right. that. And that wasn't always possible. But the best placement it got that I was able to find was uh, Edmund, I'm sure I'm going to mess this up, Edmund Karras uh, won the U.S. Nationals uh, with this deck. Which was its best showing, but this deck was everywhere. People loved the mechanic, and I'm sure a lot of people hated it as well. <laughs> <laughs> I would be on that second list, for sure. <laughs> All right, I guess it's back to me. So I'm going to I'm gonna keep going with, uh, funny enough, a car that came out in the same set as your Vespaquen. That was the Ancient Origins set, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you remember, you probably do, but Vespaquen didn't have one. In the Ancient Origins set, a lot of Pokemon had kind of a, almost a second ability. It was supposed to tie into Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. And a lot of them had these primal abilities, which weren't really blocked by anything like Garbatoxin or any nonsense like that. They were secondary things, like the Bunnelby, for example, that could attack twice. Oh, yeah, yeah. The deck that I absolutely loved was Mega Sceptile EX. And... It had one of these things, which was just kind of icing on a cake. It wasn't really part of what made it cool. Omega stop or theta stop? Is that theta? I can't. I can't see. Uh, let me zoom. <laughs> yeah, I think it's theta stop, and it's prevent all effects of your opponent's abil- uh, opponent's Pokemon abilities done to this Pokemon, which was kind of cool at the time. But the attack that it did, which is really cool for two energy, one grass, one colorless, jagged saber. 
for 100 damage. You may attach up to two grass energy from your hand to your benched Pokemon in any way you like. If you attach an energy to a Pokemon in this way, heal all damage from that Pokemon. So what you would do is you'd have a couple of these Sceptiles set up. You'd have the one in the front that uses Jagged Saber and accelerates energy and heals. Then next turn, you would just manually retreat, discarding those two energy attached to the active to your new one. Then just manual attach for the turn because you accelerated to it with Jagged Saber. Heal the damage that the previous Mega Sceptile had taken with that one's Jagged Saber. Rinse and repeat. <laughs> and you could also combo this with an, uh, with an Ariados that poisoned both active Pokemon, unless they were Grass-type, which is perfect. There was a Verizion that had a Rally Back-type attack for however many prizes they've taken. It does more damage. Uh, it was kind of an, similar to the Scizor in just that it was a more annoying kind of stallish deck than it was an outright offense deck. But again, in that day, 100 damage was nothing to, nothing to laugh at. So Jagged Saber could be taking knockouts as needed. Yeah, at that time, I think the Megas had like a, uh, I don't know, 20 to 30 more HP at the time, but a lot of things were around the 180. So that was the magic uh, number you were trying to hit. Yeah. Yeah. Things like Darkrai, for instance, were like 170, 180. Mm-hmm. And that was the, pr- that was the best deck in the format at the time. So it was very fun, especially once they, like Spirit Links had been out at that point. So you could Mega Evolve without forfeiting your turn. That was nice. At the time, Forest of Giant Plants was legal. So you could slap down a Mega Sceptile instantly, as well as an Ariados out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It was it was a lot of fun. It kind of plays similar to if you want a deck like this, if you're hearing this and really want to do it today, look into Inteleon VMAX, which kind of does the same thing. But instead of acceleration energy and healing that way, you just use Cheryl, the supporter, which heals all evolutions. Inteleon's one that I wanted to put on this list, but I haven't tested it myself yet. I just like it in theory. So I figured I'd do something that I knew a little bit more about, which was Sceptile. And also Sceptile's really freaking cool. Sceptile is really cool. <laughs> yeah. So that's that one. All right. So now uh, I'll move on to uh, my last deck. So this is um, Junk Hunt Sableye. You devil. <laughs> So there's a theme with these last two decks that I've done, which is basically, uh, you know, don't let your opponent play, which, you know, is not fun when you're on the receiving end of that. But when you can pull off some of these more complicated situations, it's pretty rewarding for yourself. Mm-hmm. So basically you start out here with Garbodor's Garbotoxin to lock the abilities of uh, your opponent's Pokemon. Then you remove all of the opponent's energy with your insane amount of crushing hammers and enhanced hammers. Then you hypnotoxic laser them, which puts them to sleep and uh, poisons <laughs> them slowly to death with a little uh, with a little help from Burbank City Gym, which would add to the number of poison counters that would be put on. And so hypnotoxic laser was pretty great because basically it made it so that you could time it so that your your opponent's Pokemon would die on the turn that you th- that it was going to you. So, like, at the end of their turn. Okay. That yeah. was fantastic, because then uh, you just took out their Pokemon, and now they had to scramble and try and figure out which one they were going to throw up there. And a <laughs> lot of times, they wouldn't have the correct energies or anything like that. So, you would just be 
constantly, ideally you would constantly be putting them on the back foot. Mm -hmm. So basically this just seems like it would be just kind of like a fun little thing that you would do. But Sableye makes this recurring because you've got the attack junk hunt, which doesn't actually do any damage. Um, But what it does do is uh, it allows you to uh, search your discard pile for two Pokemon tools and then bring them back out. Trainers, not just tools. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, trainers, yes. So you could bring you could bring back whatever you whatever trainer you wanted. Pardon me, items. I'm so sorry, items. I, okay, that's what I thought, but I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. First it was tools, then it was trainers, then it was items. It's items. I'm looking at the card right now just yeah, to yeah, make yeah. sure. Okay, okay. okay. I was, all right, yeah. My bad. I No, no, you're good. Okay, yeah. So, I led you astray. <laughs> yeah, so you just keep hunting for junk to stop everything. Uh, that they try to do to get out of the situation. Um, if they pull a float stone and they're super excited because now they can pull their asleep and poison Pokemon out of the active, uh, that's too bad because you just got a tool scraper, or sorry, tool scrapper, and you can just take that out and watch the tears run down their cheeks as their slow sl- soul slowly dies. <laughs> With Pokemon Catcher, uh, you could consistently switch out the uh, opponent's Pokemon to keep Sableye safe so that he could junk hunt freely, which is important because uh, you're really not doing damage with any of the Pokemon here. You are honestly, the only thing you are doing is uh, hypnotoxic lasering and Burbank city gym and trying to keep yourself alive. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's see. So Eviolite uh, was also used uh, to lower the amount of damage from an opponent's Pokemon. Uh, when they were able to hit Sableye, the lower damage was basically, you just basically subtract 20 was what that, uh, what that item card did, mm. uh, which doesn't seem like a lot. But when you look at the first attacks of a lot of the Pokemon at the time, they're hitting in the 30 to 50 range, making Sableye a much harder kill when you can't keep any energy on the field and are forced to hit with whatever one energy attack you have at the time. Mm. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, I mean you're just recycling as much as possible, stopping them from doing whatever you whatever they want to do, <laughs> and just slowly it. taking them out. I love it. Although I do have bad news for everybody listening: if you want to play that deck that he just described, you can't because they banned that Sableye in Expanded. They did. It's true. Yeah, for that reason, <laughs> because it was just too annoying, too oppressive. So. Sorry, folks, you missed out. <laughs> oh, um, and uh, real quick, I forgot to say this about the um, the Gothcore deck. Yeah, but... ruin ruin my soul more. Tell me what else is bad about it. <laughs> well, so it actually wasn't that. It was it's just like kind of an anecdote. So, oh no, I learned about that deck pretty early in uh, my TCG playing, and that deck actually started me going back through like the TCG. And creating, so you know how every a lot of people have their Pokemon binders and they'll they'll line them up yeah. by um you know Pokemon numbers stuff like that. Well, yeah, either sets or generations or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, what I started doing around the time of the uh, Gothitelle uh, Excelgore, or what once I because that sorry that deck was really old by the time I found out about it. But what I started right. doing after that was I just started buying. Only the most integral part uh, cards in in old or current decks, 
and filling up a single uh, card page with those. And basically just making it like every single card sleeve was a a showcase for a different deck. So I would put like the Gothitelle, the Excelgore, Floatstone, Eviolite, Double Colorless Energy. I would put those in there, the Dusknoir, all that, so that I could like remember what these decks were and what made those decks work. That's cool, actually. And this was the first one that I ever started doing that with. So, Aww. so yeah, something fun uh, for people if they want to do that uh, and spend more money. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really cool thing to do. I may have to get a binder like that started for some of the decks that I've gone through. That's really neat. I like that a lot. <laughs> All right. So we're going to end the, uh, the TCG cast here. Without the Venusaur best, I know I'm upset too, but I just totally forgot about it. So <laughs> it's just not happening. That happens. And it's <laughs> December. We, our brains are shot. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope that your holidays are wonderful. Seth, it's been a pleasure. It's always been a pleasure with you, good sir. I'm glad that I could talk about good old times and good old decks with you. This was this was a pleasure. <laughs> All right, everybody. Take care. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.